When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is another one recorded at the New York State High School Football Coaches Association Clinic. Be sure to check out their channel on CoachTube where three years of their clinic talks are available. Today's guest, Garrett McLaughlin, will be speaking at Lawrence First and Goal Clinic where over 120 professional and college coaches are coming together to support a great cause for pediatric brain tumor research and cancer services. Cancer services means the funds from this go to help families who are in need to be able to cover the expenses that go along with getting their child cancer treatment. So this is a great cause. Please check that out at lfgf2023.coachesclinic.com. Here's our talk with Garrett McLaughlin, special teams coordinator and defensive ends coach at New Hampshire. The last time I sat down with this guest was a few years ago at the New York State High School Football Coaches Association Clinic. So we're back here. He's at a different place now. He was at Bates College before at the University of New Hampshire now. I'm Garrett McLaughlin, special teams coach and defensive ends coach for New Hampshire. So thanks for joining me again, Garrett. Thanks for having me on, Keith. So we're going to dig into some special teams things today and focus on the special teams self-scout. And I don't think it's a topic that we've talked very much about on this podcast. Certainly had some great special teams coaches on over the year, but uh, self-scout is a new one. So talk to us a little bit about just an overview of that process and how important it is to, to a program to really understand who they are on special teams. Yeah, I guess that's something I just finished up with, so kind of fresh in my mind when we were trying to figure out you know, what we wanted to talk about here. But I think it's so important to have a way to evaluate what you did well and accentuate that what you did poorly and how to improve that. So we have a few different ways that, that we did that. Drive start average was a huge one that, that we found was really important to measure. We found when we went through the, the whole season, we were eight and one in games that we won the drive start average. We were one and three in the games that we lost. And even like the one game that we lost where we won the drive start average, we won the drive start average by less than a yard. Yeah. Uh, the game that we won, that we lost the drive start averages, I think a yard and a half that we lost that by so it was very very close so you know having the importance of that you know not just for our, for our own knowledge and understanding but also to be able to present to the players is super important so you can realize the importance of special teams also drive start which you know a few different things go into that takeaways sure. and, and, and mm-hmm. whatnot but then also like we have a hidden yardage statistic which is really super helpful for me in judging how well we've done in our different units of special teams so what that is and, and you need to adjust it differently for your level whether you're high school you know it was different when I was at Bates versus now being in New Hampshire division three versus FCS I'm sure FBS would be different but what we do is we take for punt and punt return 
we take the average net punt in our level of football. So for us, it's 40. I think overall it's like 39.5, but we make it a round number to make it more easily presentable for our players and to the rest of our coaches as well. So if we net a 45-yard punt, that's a plus five in hidden yards for us. If it's 35, now it's a negative five. Vice versa on punt return, if we force our opponent to net a 35, now it's a plus five for us on punt return. If it's a 45, now it's a minus five for us there. So that's how we do hidden yards for punt and punt return. Yeah. For kickoff and kickoff return, we do it off the 25 because that's where you get a touchback. Again, kickoff return, you get the ball out to the 20. Now that's a minus five. You get the ball out to the 30, that's a plus five. Like using that versus like the more traditional ones you can find in the box score because like particularly for kickoff and kickoff return like those statistics can be very misleading because ultimately you want to be on a certain position on the field like you can get a 40 yard return on a kickoff to put you on the 40 or you can get a 15 if they sky it to you and you do a great job handling it. or you know you get penalties you can put that into it too so we found that's been a much more telling statistic as you go through it now we break down our different situations, our different calls by that hidden yardage, and it really helps us figure out, you know, where we were good and where we were poor throughout yeah. the course of the yeah. season. Yeah. So let's dig into uh, both of these things here and take a, a step back and go to the drive start average. So for mm -hmm. a, a coach who hasn't done this before, walk us through that, that process from, from A to Z and how you're going to start your breakdown you know, calculate these things and we'll, we'll get into then about how to make it actionable too. But mm -hmm. season's over or maybe you're doing it, you know, at a, at a certain point in season to figure out some things, but whatever this might be, you got the tape, now what? What are you gonna do with those things? How are you gonna, you know, pull your clips, put it together to, to come up with these numbers? The drive star average is easy as just going into the box score and finding exactly where your P and 10, the first down of, the, of each drive started. At least that's how I've done it. Now, I'm not sure if really good box scores are as readily available if you're doing it at the high school level. Right. But I, I would think it would be fairly simple to zoom through the film and okay, when you start your first time on offense, write down, okay, it's on the minus 21. And then, you know, the next time you're on offense, all right, it was on the plus 38 or, or whatever it happens to be. Put all those numbers, average them together. And then I should say, the one thing is it gets a little bit goofy. Like you have to do actually yards from the goal line. So if it's a minus 21, now that becomes not a math guy, but it's the 79. Like you have to put 79 down there. That's the way it's able to calculate out. But you put those down and you do it through a whole game and a whole season. It's something that for us, we do after every game too and present to the players. And that again for us kind of helps us figure out how we're doing and shows the players you know what we were what we were good at what we were poor at so you know that's how we kind of calculate that and the same thing we do it throughout the season right for the hidden yardage as well show it to the players but that's also yeah. makes it easier for us to to put it all together after so, the season. so having the, the data is good and the drive start average obviously when you look at that that's that's also not that's not a only special teams function mm -hmm. that's how we doing on the other parts of the game too right Turn it's really like a complementary football yeah, function it it's a it's a full team thing and the same thing like 
you know, your offense might not score, but if they get three first downs and now we're in uh, a sting or hang ten, people call it different things, but the red zone punt trying to trying to pin coffin corner if right, you're right. going back to the old Madden games. Um, yeah, but those help set that up. So it's really a complementary football stat. And same thing we talked about takeaways. Like that's a big part that factors into that too. Um, so then, you know, data, again, it's great. How do you make it actionable? So that's where, especially going by calls, like I'll give you give you an example. So doing it through the season at, at Bates was, was the best one. Um, you know, we had our roll punt, so I did it by calls. Our roll punt ended up getting us, you know, I think it was like seven yards more on average and hidden yardage than our traditional punt. So we went from calling the roll once a game to calling it three or four times a game. And our punt became way more efficient because of that. Um, it was the same thing with punt box this year. We had better hidden yardage number off of that. So ended up calling a higher volume of that as we went through the season. So, you know, really being able to do it by call and by situation is where it can be really good for you. And again, having things to present to the players too. Like, this is how good we were at this, this is how good we were at that. You know, lets them kind of understand what we need to prioritize as we go through it. In looking then, you know, moving on to your, your other key factor, you talked about the hidden yardage and calculating that. And again, uh, for a coach who hasn't done this before, take us through the, the process of putting that number together, how you calculate it. So. Yeah. So, you know, it starts by, you know, just knowing what the average net punt is at your level, like we talked about, where the touchbacks start. You might want to change that depending on what level you are at but going from where and again like a lot of times end up just looking at the box score if you don't it's as easy as you you put the film on okay where do you punt from where does the ball end up after the return after the roll what have you and then kickoff same thing is the ball past the 25 is it before the 25 there yeah, and, and, and then again, what are you going to do with that data then once you have it? What, what makes it uh, for you, and you know, you, you know what, how that affects the game, win or loss, the success? How do you make it actionable? How does that start to show up in game plan and practice, all those things? Again, just by, just by your own call. You, you break it down by call from there. You know, what has worked better for you, what's worked worse. The, the other thing that we judge off that is also explosive plays. So we talk about X plays on offense and defense all the time. Well, for us, we define that on special teams as if it's a plus 30 or minus 30. So again, having those plays that you can highlight to the players, where are you creating your X plays? Is it on punt block? Is it on punt? Are you creating more in the return game versus you know trying to block them on punt return? You can do a lot with that which was really beneficial for us and you know our goals in a typical game are to be plus 75 in hidden yardage be plus one on an x play and then not have any penalties and when we're able to hit all of that like we win a really high percentage of the time so you know being able to judge the x plays as well has been big for us there you also mentioned to me before we got going charting the punt returner uh, mm -hmm. and that's that's been something that has been very useful to you and again same thing actionable you've been able to do something with those numbers yeah talk to us about that for sure so we took left hash right hash and where our punt returner was catching the ball and then what he was able to do with it when he did it was as simple as kind of snipped a screenshot of a, a football field and then had little targets i guess like, like kind of the uh 
you know, when when you like aim like a, the sniper, yeah. like that little circle with the with the lines through it, and then where the ball ended up, and made them different colors based on if we had a return of ten plus yards, if we had a return of less than ten yards, if there was a fair catch, or if the ball hit the ground. And one thing we were able to find through doing that that wasn't super evident as we went through the season, our returner was really good catching the ball over his head. And we generally put him on the 40, obviously wind conditions, quality of punter, changed that a little bit, but generally it was on the 40. And we could see like when he had to go back, like we were actually really productive. He did a really good job creating 10 yard returns. When the ball was a little bit in front of him, he wasn't able to feel the ball very often. We had found on average we lost 12 yards of field position when he didn't field it. Um, so as we go through spring ball, one thing that we're going to do is back him up. So where he would typically be 40 yards from the ball, we're going to put him at 50. So that makes him go up and have to get catches that he's been uncomfortable with and has shown in games and hopefully make him more comfortable with that. Another thing we studied was kickoff placement and how that affected things. And what we actually found is kind of interesting is that where the kickoff ended up, at least for us last season, wasn't as important for the productivity of the returns. But if we were able to get 3.75 seconds of hang on our kickoffs, that was kind of like the magic number. When we held, when we were under, or sorry, when we were above 3.75 yards of hang time, we hit the guys and, and tackled them behind the 25. I believe it was 10 out of 11 times. The, the previous year. When it was less than that, we were much less successful. So we were able to kind of find too, like, all right, what are our goals that we have to have to hit for our guys? Like our kickoff guy now knows like, okay, 3.75 hang or more. Like that's what we're looking for on that unit. So, you know, again, creating actionable goals for your players right. too as you go through spring is really, you know, the, the goal of this as well as being able to evaluate your schemes and calls and stuff like that. Yeah, so you, you mentioned the returner being good about catching it over his head. I would think, you know, any self-scout starts to shed some light on areas where you can improve. Uh, maybe that's technique development on your, your coverage teams, putting a focus on certain things. Uh, how has this process helped you in that regard? You know, specific, maybe some specific examples, too, of things now like, okay, these numbers are starting to show me this. I dug into the film a little bit. Here's an area that's really going to help us improve some of these numbers. I think one specific example that, that jumps to mind is a couple of years ago we weren't great in, again, those sting punt, coffin corner situations. You know, found that we were losing a ton of yardage because balls ended up bouncing in the end zone. Um, so through doing that research, was able to go and talk to some different people about better ways to, to handle that. We changed the way, in particular, we were coaching our gunners actually. In those situations, we added a call specifically for that, again, the sting put a big emphasis on it and this year we were actually we called sting punt 14 times 13 times we were able to down the team inside the 10 uh -huh. um, so those changes were, were really important to, to being able to, to fix that part of our game you mentioned being able to look at you know different types of punts too and how those come in your game plan so being able to work those right developing those skills right the roll punt versus the tr traditional punt how, how have you found it best to train some of your guys, especially if they haven't been familiar with some of those things? And also then adjusting the coverage, adjusting the scheme. Those things come into play too. Talk to us a little bit about that. Right, for sure. I, I mean, I've always drawn the analogy of, you know, your punter being like your quarterback. Like you want to keep it in a 
place that he's really comfortable with, right? You don't want to ask him to do anything outside of his comfort zone. Like, it's a constant dialogue with my punter as well, or our punter, trying to figure out where what he feels comfortable with, what he's good at, and, and the self-scout definitely comes to, to be a part of that. You know, we do a lot on punt for any, anybody who's, who's seen us. And, again, his versatility in that has really helped us with that. But we were able to judge where he's, what punts he's good at, what he's poor at by doing that too. Again, breaking it down by call, breaking it down by area you go to. In terms of being able to build him and, and put more tools for him to be able to work with, you know, we start with our base call. We see how comfortable he is with that and then kind of build it out from there. It really progresses. You know, I don't think there's like a cookie cutter answer. It progresses at the, the pace that the player feels comfortable with mm-hmm. to, to be able to do it, you know. In particular for our guy this year, you know, it's his first year as a starter. He really hadn't roll punted much, so we didn't do it until midway through the season. And, you know, I really wanted to have it from the beginning part of the season. We we started practicing it in the spring and the summer. Didn't He didn't feel comfortable with it, didn't feel comfortable with it, so, you know, we held it off. Ideally, we would have done it from week one. Uh, you know, I think it maybe not the best answer for this but it just depends on who the player is yeah. and what he can what sure. he can handle uh you know if he didn't feel comfortable with it the entire season we wanted to roll punter once mm-hmm. so you know as much as i want to have all the bells and whistles to our punt team and be able to do all the different stuff ultimately like anything else it comes down to what your player feels comfortable with sure next sure year. On the on the coverage side of that too, because obviously those mm-hmm. are two distinctly different ways that you guys are going to have to get downfield, find the ball, cover the ball, etc. Sure. What are some of the key coaching points there that uh, y- you teach them? I mean, you, we always look for you know same as type of stuff. So, at what yeah. point is that not same as anymore? I think it is still same as. I, I, honestly, with, from the coverage aspect, it's different in that it's going to a different location. Like they have to understand that, and you know the words that we use, you know. Indicates the location of the punt to the come players call too. A little bit, yeah. yeah, but it's really not a not a huge change. And I think the way that we structure our coverage and things like that make it so that it's really simple for those guys to be able to to be able to get to the ball and understand their rules as they come down the way so we draw it. So just awareness the, of where the ball is going. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That, and so exactly you have it. to account for it in the structure way you guys are going to call that and make sure they're aware of what type of. Where the ball's going. Exactly. Punt it is. And, and we'll deploy our formation differently based on where we're putting the ball, based on where we're protecting. But, but really our protection is very similar to with our role versus our traditional punt. So, you know, truthfully, not, not too much changes for the rest of those guys. It's kind of, you know, when you're pretty multi-formational, like we are, we, we lined up in 27 different punt formations throughout the course of the season, shifts and motions and everything else, like – I think you have to keep it a little bit simpler from the other aspects of it. But in turn, it forces your opponent to be a little bit simpler with how they're attacking you. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we're able to pull that off that way. So, you know, we're at a clinic and always a, a great time to learn, and whether that's at these clinics or going out and clinicking individual with coaches, some new things start to come on your radar. Anything you see out there maybe trending or something that's really grabbed your interest, in, in, especially in terms of special teams, mm-hmm. um, even maybe the numbers you look at moving forward? Yeah. Gosh, there, there's always that, and, and things are moving so fast. You know, you heard me talking to, to Coach Linguist earlier. He, he had a great talk earlier, and he talked about Blockbuster and Netflix and 
Blockbuster was a $5 billion company. They had a chance to buy Netflix for $50 million and didn't do it and how that's changed things. So you're always trying to change and evolve and grow. One thing for, for me is really jammer play, like being able to, to shut down the opposing team's gunners. You know, those guys are so important. I think teams are getting better at you have your traditional three-man shield that's three by three, and you have nobody removed. Teams are getting better at finding ways to be able to be sound in their protection and split gunners out. So how do you deal with those guys who are so hard to block? You know, the the thing that you hear forever is, ah, it's just like playing corner. I disagree with that because you know the guy's running a fade. He's, he's You know exactly where he's going. So, you know, finding a different way to be able to handle those guys, whether it's a vice double whether you're playing them off, which has kind of been taboo. There are a couple other ways that you watch NFL film that those guys are doing it. So that's been a big focus of my research. I think that's really interesting, the the ways that different teams are finding to, to deal with gunners. Definitely. Well, Garrett, I, I appreciate you taking the time and sitting down here again. Great stuff that you're doing. It's fun to see. You know, coaches that uh, a few years ago, they're somewhere and their careers are progressing. So it's uh, been fun to watch. I always love keeping track of the coaches who've been on the the podcast and uh, it's great to catch up here again yeah appreciate everything you do always enjoy listening so glad to be able to be a part of it thank you again for listening to the coaching coordinator podcast be sure to check out coach mclaughlin and 120 plus college and professional coaches at lawrence first and goal clinic supporting a great cause for pediatric brain tumor research and cancer services you can find that at lfgf2023.coachesclinic.com Follow all we're doing on coachingcoordinator.com. There'll be some resources from this particular talk on Coaching Coordinator. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.